we've got the average 401k balances for people in their 40s and 50s. How do you compare? We're going to talk about it coming up on the show next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, we talk about the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth, both today and into the future. And now you sent me this article about comparing myself to a 401k balance of other people in their 40s, although I'm only 36. I think a lot of our audience is under 40, but I still think it's it's interesting to look at these benchmarks, right? Of like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in your 30s, where where are a lot of people who are, you know, where can you be by your 40s that, in comparison yeah. to other people? And yeah. I, I, we had an interesting conversation about this beforehand, but I'll let you set it up a little bit about why this yeah. caught your attention and what you wanted to talk so, about today. In my in my practice, I get this question a lot from new clients and clients that approach me to like learn about financial planning. And they very commonly start our conversation with, what are other people in my situation doing? What does their financial life look like compared to mine? And so I found this article on CNBC where it gave averages uh, from a Vanguard study for different balances of accounts. And I thought that was super interesting because my initial response to this has always been, why do you care what other people's situation looks like? We need to talk about yours because that is irrelevant, right? But this is a big deal for people because they want to feel like they have accomplished something or maybe accomplished an objective. But the interesting thing is that they're associating that objective with other people's objective, right? And so in my mind, that's not accomplishing anything. That's just a a data point, right? So- Hmm. We have we have these numbers here, so we'll just share them with you, and then we're going to talk more about the concept of comparison and benchmarking, um, and why it's not healthy at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so you're setting it up where we're going to tell you about what, where do you compare, where do and you then compare? why that's horrible to do <laughs> for right. your own psychology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think there's a lot of problems with it. Uh, you know, it can lead to a lot of problems that I think we should talk about. You know, if comparing yourself. Like non-financial problems. Exactly. So it may lead to, you know, benchmarking yourself against somebody else may actually lead to you making more money or or having more, but you then are absolutely miserable. Exactly. (laughs) Emotionally. And this is something we talk about on the show a lot is that Mm -hmm. life is not just about how much you have in the bank. And that's, I think one of the, I think that's probably the core of our show to some degree. Exactly. Life is not just like what you have in the bank is a helpful tool to living a great life. But it is not the the essence or the only factor in that. And that's, I think, what exactly. the essence of the show today. So go ahead and uh, go forward with what you were going to say. Yeah, because these are kind of interesting. So average 401k balance for people ages 35 to 44. That's me. So that's How do right I compare? Our, How does Kurt compare, baby? That's Let's in see. Our, that's in our sweet spot. Uh, $86,582. Whoa. So I'm, a little, <laughs> not I'm, a even little, close. I'm a little behind there. I'm behind for sure. Um, in my 401k. Okay. Now, if we move up to age 45 to 54. So this is 401k, not investments. Correct. So just to be clear, this is your long-term retirement account. 
So I have decent investments actually. Right. Um, that I won't but, say how much, but actually pretty good, although they've been taking a hit. Uh, um, but 401k or mine yeah. 403b for me, 403b for me. And there's this is I don't, I don't even I'm not even anywhere near this at this point. Okay, so right. keep going. I'm sorry. No, and that's a good interruption because again, it illustrates why we don't compare, yeah. right? Why we but should anyway, be cautious of comparison. Cautious of comparison. Yeah, okay, don't so overdo it. Keep going. I apologize. For age 45 to uh-huh. 54, that number uh, basically doubles. So 161 thousand dollars is the average 401k balance for that for that age group. And then the age 55 to 64, so those that hopefully are maybe pre-retirees or whatever, the balance there is $232,000. So those are the three. How do you fare? I'm behind if you look exclusively at 401k assets. Well, hold on. How old are you again? Now I'm 32. So I still have, I'm not quite in that first bracket, but it's going pretty quick. Do you, <laughs> but in three years at your rate, would you be at the 86 average? I think maybe. So yeah, I think you're on maybe track. I'm on, maybe I'm, maybe I'm on you're track. Probably, I would imagine you'd be on track given who you are. Cause you are pretty like financially, you're pretty like solid in that stuff. That's, that's what I've learned from you. Um, mm-hmm. Just getting to know you. I think you're like that, but mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't even matter to something. Right. Like right. Th- that's the point of what we're going to talk about. Like maybe you will be that. You know, I have friends who I consider really successful. They've been on your show, Marco and Hillary. And I think mm-hmm. they're, I, I don't know this for sure. I think they have zero in their 401k. I think they, they have nothing in tradition. They have it all in um, real, real estate. estate. And, and they yeah. have a lot of, they have like 35 units or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they consider their retirement. And, you know, they is owning this property. And so uh, if they were to start getting into this comparison issue, they would, you know, maybe freak out a little bit, like, oh, I don't have anything for my retirement. And it's like, no, that's the improper way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And now I think they know for them, like they're very clear. They they study this stuff and they're they're good. A lot of in us, myself included, might see this and be like, whoa, I'm way behind. I need to change my life. I need to do something. I need to, you know, maybe sell off a kidney and try to get back on track. Uh, something like that, right? Like I need to I need yeah. to get to get with it. In because this regard, look at these benchmarks. I'm look behind. at these benchmarks. I'm way behind on. What's wrong? What do you think is wrong with that? You know, in your practice and dealing with this, why is that a bad thing? I think, from what I've seen, is that people end up developing a psychological complex, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be very unhealthy to have a psychological complex that affects how you make decisions with your money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In, in very practical terms, your perception, Kirk, of reading that could be that, just like you just said, I am way behind. I'm in, I need to sell a kidney. And now, perhaps your perspective on all the accomplishments that you have achieved thus far in your life, good job, entrepreneur, moving around the country, are all sort of diminished because I've equated my success to what other people have managed to accumulate. And the only, the only similarity we share is our age. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that the risk with that is that now you're going to deviate, right? Like potentially you're going to pivot from Mm. all of the hard work you've put in 
to build your current life. Yeah. Yeah. To start sacrificing and putting away heavily for future. Right. Yeah. And so some people might hear that and say, well, that's not a bad thing. You increased your savings rate. Well, you increased your savings rate into accounts that I can't touch until I'm 60 years old. And at 35, I've now just sort of solidified that I'm going to neglect the next 25 years of life. <laughs> or at least diminish it. To diminish it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, so I think that's where the real risk is, right? You develop Absolutely. this complex and it then ends up, you make decisions that are inconsistent with what your actual values are. And I, Yeah. So I think the the message is the old adage of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. That kind of, that's what this kind of represents is like, it's not about necessarily who has in this article, although we get this all the time, like Instagram fuels this Facebook fuels this, especially Instagram. I think it's um, those types of social media where it kind of fuels this desire to have the yacht, the, you know, if you're, um, if you're like a, a single male heterosexual male, you might look at these guys who like, they seem to have yachts and, bikini clad women all everywhere. It's like, that's the life I want. I'm going to live that life. And then you try to pursue that. And then it's like, you're miserable and you right. hate life. And, and mm -hmm. even not even just, even if you achieved it on some level, you you realize you don't actually want that. And you're and part of the problem is comparing to what other people have. And, mm -hmm. you know, same thing with like here is you should, you should, you know, you could use this information to say, okay, that's interesting. Some people have that. That's their plan, but right. I have this plan. And that's, I think that's the message you're saying is that you need to think about your individual plan and, and your individual abilities, yes. long-term, you know, career success trajectory. You know, I think if you're a teacher, for instance, and I know there's a lot of teachers, you have to acknowledge, and if you haven't, this is a problem for you. You have to acknowledge that there's going to be within the teaching realm more than likely a little bit of a cap on how much you're going to make yeah. and you should plan accordingly. And there's a lot you could do to plan accordingly. You know, when I was in high school, I remember there was a history teacher I had who um, would talk about like he was a day trader by night or something like that. Like he would do stuff on the side to make a little bit extra money. So mm -hmm. he did all right. Um, and he was good at it. He liked it. And got it. so that, that, you know, you might need to think about getting a second type of income because teaching doesn't pay that much. Unfortunately, right. I think it should yeah. be more. Right. But yeah, the, the point is that there's certain things like that where it's like you have to think and that that's what's for you. And so maybe you do need to be a slightly more frugal in the short term mm -hmm. to get your 401k. That's possible for you. But, you know, you, you could be in an industry where you're there's a lot of prospects for growth mm -hmm. and you could you know make that. And the point is that you have to figure out what, you know, your own possible, how much you're making now, how much you believe in yourself enough to make more in five years, how much, how should you hedge for not making that to be careful? Mm -hmm. And then how much risk can you take and want? And this is why you need like a CFP professional to work with or some kind of financial person who's knowledgeable to help you make sure you're guiding you in your own decision-making. And that's, yes. I think the yep. issue is like how to think about that. And that's the, but the problem then is if you let comparisons hijack your psychology, then you can all of a sudden change everything you want, quit becoming a teacher, even though you absolutely love it, go do something else because you think it'll give you a big, you know, become an accountant or something like that. I don't, mm -hmm. I always use accountant as the example um, because you'll, you'll think you'll get a steady paycheck and a good 401k and you're like, all right, I'm good. 
And then you're like, you're miserable and you hate your life. Right. Yeah. And you have to, and you only get one life. So stop hating it. <laughs> Don't hate it. Like do the, Don't do, do that. The best Let's change that. Yeah. Change it. And that is the perfect. So that's the second piece of this that I think is really critical that people don't necessarily r recognize until they get there. And that is you accomplish what your objective was when that objective was set for, from a comparison perspective, right? So let's say mm -hmm. that this worked, I've made it. I wanted a million dollars by the time I was 50, right? And now I'm 50 and I made it and I have a million dollars. What if the comparison at that point is twice that because you know, the world changed or Inflation. the industry you were looking at. Yeah. And a million is like half a million now. Half a million at that point because of inflation. Yeah. It's like I started making all this money and, and like now it's worth nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks guys. I've been thanks. working toward this and it's now my money's worth less than it was 10 right. years ago. Anyway. Yeah. And so I think because you set that expectation based on comparison, accomplishing it is going to be not as sweet. It's yeah. not going to be as fulfilling. And well, then, that's the other thing, yeah. And then you've neglected, right? Potentially, yeah. I can't say for certain, but potentially because your objective was based on something that was irrelevant to some extent. When I accomplish it, well, now what? Now I'm going to have to save another million by the time I'm seventy. Well, what do you want to do with the the current million? And then right, seventy one, you're dead. Exactly, that's a <laughs> risk, right? Yeah, that's, that's a, a huge risk. risk. And so that's where I think that setting and benchmarking yourself is, is really not a valuable exercise from any perspective. Now, I do think it can be instructive as far as if I'm trying to set like generally how much should I be saving every month, right? There are certain um, benefits to benchmarking because you can see kind of as other people with a similar lifestyle to you. What, how much do they devote to saving? Okay, now I have a benchmark to work from, but I'm mm -hmm. going to use that as sort of a baseline, but that's not necessarily what I need to be doing. That's not how you should view well, that benchmarking information. So you should have benchmarks. The question is, where do they come from? Do they yeah, come from other people or do they come from your own benchmarking based on your goals? Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. could use other people who like you're saying although this just says average 401k of people of your age group it has nothing right. to do with anything else nothing like and it's just median teachers these could be yeah. scientists well it's all be, of them it's yeah. all scientists it's all teachers doctors you know um it just may even be millionaires who just like, yeah, let me throw. yeah exactly like it could be a whole bunch of people or it is a whole bunch it's just that age and you know so you have no idea their quality of life what's going on maybe this is too low it might be too. It low. might be too low. I mean, like you could be. I would going argue higher. if you're if you're trying to set yourself up for a traditional retirement where you want to stop working. Yeah, that's not enough money at age sixty four. Like, that's what I, I was looking. Right I was now. looking at two thirty two. What the hell are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, last a couple of years at this current inflation. I mean, well, and you're done if if you're sixty four right now. Yeah, if you're sixty four now. But if you're yeah. thirty six and that's your long term benchmark, that's low as hell. Right. And so that yeah. should scare you a little bit right there. I was like, why is it so low? Uh, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. And mm -hmm. that's, so yeah, I mean, the externality is irrelevant to accept. I mean, like, I think it's useful. So I, I think this type of thing shouldn't barely be even looked at by most people. It should be looked at by the CFPs as a kind of, you know, oh, okay. So this is where the medium person is at this age. Great. Yeah. Now let's, let's look at this individual who's 35, who's, um, you know, 
just making a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and they're doing really well now and they have a lot of upward trajectory. Their investments are doing good. They, they, they do want to have the ability to retire um, or not ability to retire, but they want to have a certain amount by 60 when they think health problems because of their genetics are going to start kicking in more. And so we want to make sure that they have, you know, $1.5 million for, for that by that point. So how do we get there and what right. kind of, you know, different ways can we do to get there? And, and that's, you know, again, so that's the whole point of what I think financial planning should be doing is financially planning to you. And it might be mildly useful for a CFP to know this kind of data mm-hmm. offhandly. I don't think it's that big a deal, but they could just kind of use it for their own. Like, oh, okay, this is where other people are, but mm-hmm. this person's so different that it doesn't matter um, at this point. Yeah. Or at all. Yeah. So that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So I think that's oh. compare, but comparisons have a lot of negative things that I think, you know, so I was, I was saying this to you um, before the show and I'll just mention it here briefly of I met somebody last night who seemed very bitter and annoyed at life because, and he, he made a statement that I pointed out to him what he was saying. I don't think he noticed what he was saying. That is the danger of comparisons here. And he said, yeah, like someone like me who makes like six figures, but doesn't get all the stock options, like all the people, cause he's in Austin with all the Fang companies, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, uh, uh, Google. And they get not only massive, you know, entry level of six figures, but they also get stock options, which have a lot of upward trajectory, except today, but hopefully they do. And he was saying like, that's, you know, it's just unfair and it's not good. And it's like, are you, do you listen to what you just said? Like six figures, like you're 28, dude, like that's amazing. That is so good. And it wasn't enough, like in, in his mind, like he wanted also the stock options. And yeah, I get it. I would want the stock options too. I'm not against the stock options, but it's like something about comparisons makes you incapable of enjoying what you do have. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a problem. I mean, that's really the, when people ma- made the statement about keeping up with the Joneses, I think they were pointing out a psychological flaw and not enjoying what you have because you're spending all your time looking at your neighbor and saying, oh, they got the newest Buick. This is like 1950s, right? Let me get the newer Buick. And then they you work do. to get that. And it's like, but no, you have a great bug or whatever they had back then. I don't know if yeah. bugs are in the 1970s. Yeah, the they VW had bugs in the 1970s. No, in the 70s, but I don't know if they had that in the 50s. I don't know that much. Oh, oh, uh, I don't know. Because I think I, when I think of keeping up with the Joneses, I think 1950s. 50s. Like Leave gotcha. it to Beaver. Everybody had Yeah, kind of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, exactly. And I think that's that mentality still exists in a different way. Yeah. And it's bad. Right. right. And it's for right. this I, reason it is, that it's this absolutely guy was dead. bad. It blinds you from being able to uh, recognize your own current successes. And yeah. That's the only way that you progress in a healthy way is to sort of feel confident in what you've accomplished thus far and then creating a plan for something you want to accomplish in the future, not yeah. creating a plan to keep up with my neighbor. That's useless, right? And it just causes problems. And it just causes problems. And it, this doesn't even have to be about finances too. This can be about your 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 um, physical looks. This can be about, um, how you perceive yourself online, how, you know, what, what, how you conduct yourself when you work in a, in an environment, right? Like think about that person you just talked about. If they're bitter talking to you, I wonder what their culture, like how they contribute to the culture in their work environment. 
right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're working for someone that's paying you six figures, but you're out in the, in public complaining that you don't get stock options. Yeah. Well, that may, that may not sit well with the, yeah. your, your current and employer. Maybe you're not going to make six figures that. next year. Yeah. Cause you won't make anything. Right. <laughs> Cause nobody yeah. wants to hire so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, think, I think attitude has a lot to do with hiring too. And, and mm -hmm. you know, but you know, so th there's, I guess the last thing is to think about like, it's, I'm not, I personally don't want to say don't be ambitious and strive for more. Sure. And I'm not even saying you should just accept everything. Yeah. Like you should, it's not necessarily even that you should just accept what you get. That's not the point. The point is that there's a danger in, so like I'm pro jealousy, anti envy is how I call it. So I think envy is a problem where it's like you, you look at somebody and you think they've accomplished something maybe undeservedly and maybe they did get it undeservedly. I don't know. Um, but you're comparing yourself in relation to them and you're judging yourself in relation to looking at them. And that's a kind of what I would call envy. You know, to me, jealousy is like, I see that person has achieved something. I admire that. I'm going to go after it because I want to get that in a positive way. And that's, it's a kind of like admiration that I have for this thing that I want to accomplish. Like, Oh yeah, I want to get that. I love that. I'd love to, Oh, you know, I love the ocean. I'd love to own a boat of some sort. And I see these people with boats and, Man, I'm a little jealous of that. And that's going to drive me to work a little harder to get that boat, to, to put that into my career plan and my investment plan and how I'm going to do and my values. Because I, 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 you know, if, if we never see anybody who owns boats, we'll never be, you know, uh, uh, inspired to work hard to get boats. So, on, you know, on the flip side, there's an inspirational element. But it becomes a problem when it borders on envy, where it's like it's completely unjust that someone has something I don't. I hate them for it. It's not fair. This isn't great. Blah blah blah. You know, that's a dangerous road. Is my mm -hmm. point, and and especially I, for your own psychology. Yeah, I love that. I love that disparity. I always like to say because I steal it from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. But don't get bitter. <laughs> just get better. Yeah. No, that's. I think that's the best. That's perfect that's way great, to. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to, don't get Envy better. Is get better. Absolutely a bitter feeling. But jealousy. Yeah. I like the way you explain that. Is it's okay to be jealous of someone else because that can motivate you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just don't let yeah. it overtake you. Don't get, don't, don't let, let it, it overtake give you, you better. Your only focus. Yeah. I like the better thing too, because it does manifest itself in bitterness. Mm -hmm. So RuPaul is correct. Don't let, don't get better, get better. That is the great message to have for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.